This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial for all mankind podcast on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back to do our feedback episode for season six, episode eight. And I guess I guess a couple of episodes here. Um, yeah, it's been a couple since we've had one. Mm-hmm. So what do we have? Well, we've got a, a if, if, if you're curious, F.A.M., which stands for, of course, for all mankind. We could add Bob. We do this next season. I want to I want to I want to change this to Bob at baldmove.com. But for now, it's F.A.M. at baldmove.com. Uh, a couple of people took us up on that offer and we'll get right to it. Probably if I was the guest, not going to have another feedback episode until postseason, like our, our wrap up coverage. Yeah. Uh, but we might sneak one in before the finale. We'll see. See how much time and how much feedback we get. Out of state boogers is up first. It says, OK, bald move. I am for real slash fake mad about your coverage of this rainbow password guy. And I guess giving him the benefit of the doubt, that's a plot point that he's going to follow up on the security breach. And that's how Ed will find out. Let's just call it what it is thus far. The world's worst IT person getting a free ride to Mars in a space hotel by handing out a not complex admin password to random crew member and passing merely because they asked. I get the most hacking is actually social engineering, but Danny just strolled up, asked for the password and then walked away. And the rainbow password guys like shrug. He's, um, he's technically his superior. Am I wrong about that? I think that Danny's like second in command in yeah. the hierarchy of for all mankind. That, that's what it felt like for me in the Helios. Me too. So it's a little less absurd if if like your commander asks you these questions or, you know, someone and this directly isn't like, direct report to them. Uh, and this isn't like a college campus with 4,500 kids running around, right? This is sure. a secure. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. In outer space facility where anybody probably could go and open an airlock and you could cause all kinds of just fucking chaos. So, like, it's not the most egregious thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but that's the, that's the devil in me playing advocate here because fuck you, Nick, for not saying anything. Yeah. Like, this is obviously suspicious. You're 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, the... Um, Regardless of whether the security is compromised or not, there should the, the, the answer to that's good. Good logging. You know, you got to have good mm-hmm. uh, separated logging so that uh, uh, if when things b- happen, that you got a, a nice, nice paper trail to f- follow up. And nobody again in this context, I don't think anybody is uh, looking for it. I don't know yeah. at this point in time if this is going to be a plot point. Like at this point, I'm actually not even sure if some of these crucial revelations are going to happen at all. Can they? I mean, Nick's dead. Nick died in yeah. the landslide. So like at this point, yeah, of course, there to out tell of state on him. sent this before the, the latest episode oh, okay, or okay. the latest two episodes. But like, yeah, it's more of like, you know, where like uh, the fact that he's been creeping on the Karen emails, the fact that like he even had sex with Karen. Like, I don't know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I, I just think it's an open question of whether we, you know, like, like, will, will Ed think the follow up on, mm-hmm. you know, what were you going to ask me before the giant explosion came and we were all saved? And, and could Tanny not think of something plausible? Like, I mean, I guess he could confess that it's actually his. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he, 
he, he if, did did all the bad stuff and he this wanted is all his fault. to confess yeah that he was at the the controls when you know the that the landslide stuff went down certainly that could be a cover. He can make shit up like i always had a crush on kelly like there's like <laughs> you know sure. if, I, if i was danny i would be thinking of stuff some more because, shit about like, chain yeah sure sure <laughs> <laughs> some more yeah have, uh, just just make sure anytime ed asks you a question any follow-up question is just pain it's nothing but more painful revelations about shane yeah, that'll teach him you it's all ask. shane pain all right let's move on to john and callie he says as a former nasa employee ooh, oh. i was thinking about how Margot could have handled her situation when first approached by the kgb my initial reaction was that she should have made a very quiet outreach to the head of the NASA's counterintelligence office at the Johnson Space Center, which exists today, but I'm not sure about in the 1980s. Oh, wow. Holy fuck. I didn't know NASA has one. a counterintelligence office? That's space spies? <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't That's spies fucking go to cool. space? Yeah. Moonraker, baby. <laughs> Uh, the other would be the tar- Department of Justice slash FBI. And then I remembered that during the 80s in our universe, the FBI counterintelligence office had been itself penetrated by a KGB spy, one Robert Hansen. Wow. Hansen was a former FBI agent who spied for the Soviet and Russian intelligence services from 1979 to 2001. His espionage was described by the DOJ as possibly the worst intelligence disaster in U.S. history. He's currently serving 15 consecutive life sentences without parole in the super- federal supermax prison in Colorado. He was in the FBI's counterintelligence unit from 1985 to 1991. So if he existed in the For All Mankind universe, any information Margot gave to either NASA or the FBI security would have triggered a major FBI effort and pulled in top counterintelligence agents like Hansen, who in turn would have tipped off his KGB masters and led to the bullet to the head of Sergey and Sergey and members of his immediate extended family. Uh, hmm. Too bad the show didn't have a quick shot of Margot in the 1980s watching a TV news clip on FBI counterintelligence agent getting arrested as a Soviet spy to give her at least a little reason for not going to the FBI. Um, gotcha. A little retroactive yeah. reason. A little. Uh, thank goodness I didn't. I wonder. I, I do still like, you know, I, I do think that Margot should have gone because I don't I, I guess I don't think it was a big deal. Like this, it seems like the way to go would have been to in that hotel room said you're going to help the Russians. You fly back to NASA. You go right to the DOJ and tell them everything that happened in that hotel room. And then they would probably figure out some kind of rope a dope way to give the Russians enough information. Because how the hell would the Russians know whether, you know, they have to build the reactor before they could have a, like a, a yeah. very subtle but fatal flaw. There's so many ways. And Mar- I don't think that like the trap was sprung until she decided to try to handle this herself. No, not the true trap, right? Like she, I like the way they depict this, her easing into this easy relationship with Sergey, where they are trading information. um, You scratch my back. I scratch you. Yeah. There's nothing for national security, but just the other shoe drops. Right. And she's already given them information. It might look bad if she goes to the, the DOJ, Oh, I'm not saying she shouldn't be nervous, but uh-huh. like I don't think she'd be doing 16 consecutive life sentences at some supermax. No, no, this, this is the last off ramp before you know yeah. you're stuck on this path, and you're absolutely right. That's the time to do it if she's ever doing real do it. federal pound you in the ass prison time. Uh-huh. Yeah, but she does not. She does not. It's bunch. I, has, I feel like Hanson has came up on the show before. I mean, it's Maybe a fear for Sergey, right? Is what keeps her from doing that. 
You know, she's got it feelings is, for but Surrey. like, she yeah, and I guess, I guess, to him. I guess you have to. There's some kind of naivete of her not thinking that, okay, well, if she cooperates with the Russians, that nothing bad's going to happen to Sergey as soon as she's not useful. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that yeah. Yeah, and that the FBI wouldn't have, uh, or you know, their, their counterintelligence wouldn't have a way to bend this to their to 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 the positive, right? Because um, it seemed like you know it wasn't like a absolutely not out of the question to get some kind of crazy uh, counter intelligence extraction on Sergey's family. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's but I, I think that's part of Margot's hubris too, like the fact that yeah. she wants to rely on herself and not get anybody involved and like keep it under wraps. Like it's all part of her, you know, personality flaws. Mm-hmm. John G says, why in the hell would Ed put Danny in any position of authority whatsoever if he suspected him to be on drugs? That might be the dumbest thing that's ever happened this entire show. Fuck Danny. The, the way I see this is like Ed cut his teeth on carrier operations in Korea. And if you know anything about especially the more heyday of fighter pilots in in, in wars past, uh, they were all hopped up on speedballs. Sure. Like they like the, our, our pilots were on some form of methamphetamines so they could run combat patrol after combat patrol and stay effective. And, and during these, uh, you know, uh, up tempo uh, airstrikes and stuff in Korea and Vietnam that they could still, you know, even with very little sleep, they could still uh, execute on a high level. So I think that like you're between the lines, Ed's kind of comfortable with performance enhancing drugs, like obviously shooting steroids in his ass. He probably yeah. took, took speed balls back when he was a pilot. What he objects to is going over the line. And he said, he's mm-hmm. even seen pilots go over the line and you know, you don't think I know what it looks like to be fucked up on, but I don't, I don't think it's like the same appropriation that if he knew that, like he was taking essentially heroin, I think that would be a bridge too far for Ed, but he just, yeah. he's just always looking at Danny through the lens of him and his dad. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, he does extend a certain, uh, not courtesy, but like a certain capability in in Danny uh, based on what he knows of Gordo. Um, and, and I think like, you know, he, he doesn't put Danny into a position of extreme responsibility here, right? Like he sees that he's fucked up and he relegates him to second chair on the the drill side of uh, off the drill side like all that stuff um it's not a super important role until nick decides hey i've got some other work to do and you need to you need to man this station um mm-hmm. that's when it actually becomes a problem Th- this is like i don't know a coder who's snorting adderall and their boss finds out about it and they're like well they're still getting the job done you know yeah right. they're, they're shaky and th- maybe they talk too much uh but like they're getting it done. There aren't too many bugs in their code yet. But, you know, and then I they roll I, something into production, which totally fucks, yeah. uh, you know, a month's worth of work. Right. Uh, I wish I knew more about Nick and what he knows about Danny, because from yeah. Nick's perspective, he knows Danny is a loose cannon. He's got a lot of anger issues. He's mm-hmm. got, you know, a lot of mommy daddy issues. Does the crew know his about his drug problem? 
Because if Ed didn't reveal that, that's the thing. Yeah, is like I if Nick so. knew about the drug problem and he left him unsupervised, but also just look this at is the him. easiest job you can have on the base, man. Like listen to the guys when they say flip the relief switch, you flip the relief switch. Yeah, it's like you have to be not just fucked up, but emotionally compromised mm-hmm. to fuck up this big. I think that Ed thought he was putting him on like essentially desk duty and he fucked up desk duty in a way and that like with a redundancy of Nick too. like, I, I don't, he wasn't right. leaving him to a job to do by himself. It just happened right. to get him in that situation. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Nick has some culpability. He knew he was that compromised and, and trusted him mm-hmm. at that crucial juncture. But on the, on the other hand, there was, yeah, I wonder why I didn't give Danny the busy work, like go and get these numbers and do this test. And I'm going to continue monitoring the drill pressure and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. Well, like um, I said, I would have sent him back to orbit and brought somebody else down. Like you deal with this guy because he needs to be separated from whatever is going on here that's causing this problem. Yeah. But then he'd just uh, be up said, there, you know, watching Karen's messages and all that stuff. Right. Wouldn't have yeah. gone any better up there. Hell, he probably crashed. And that's the thing. Phoenix. It's like Ed just kept on saying one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to yep. give you one more chance. And he kept on like extending. And this goes all the way back from when Danielle said, man, this kid's fucked up. You don't want to bring him to Mars, Ed. And Ed's like, hey, what if uh, actually that's a, that's a thing that he needs? And right. he's just been you know, bypassing these flashing red lights the, the whole season. Renee says, uh, oral office. I don't think Aaron's even aware he said this. Neither of you said anything, but it's hilarious. Did anyone else catch it? Um, so welcome to Bald Move Podcast. I get a lot of words wrong and a lot of jumbled up associations in my brain. And sometimes it works out hilarious. Sometimes it's just embarrassing. Apparently, I also can't say the word dementia. The dementia, dementia. I, I dementia, don't know yeah. which. I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's just. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. I, what possible combination of words could oral office be in reference oval. to? Oh, oval. Well, plus oh, oval. Yeah, plus, of course. Plus, it's also even funnier in the context of like Bill Clinton's escapades. Uh-huh. You the know, oral office. I love it. I love it. So we've got the the gender bent, sexual flipped, uh, uh, oral. Yeah, I. You're welcome. You're welcome. Is what I'm trying to say, Renee. It's great. Josh H says, "I surprised you guys didn't entertain the possibility that during Danny and Ed's big confrontation, when Ed was inviting Danny to punch him, I thought for sure Danny was going to sock him with the cold hard fact, George Costanza style. Oh yeah, well I had sex with your wife. Mm, Do you think they're setting it up for the? Yeah, that stuff." (laughs) Do you think they're setting it up to finally be revealed on Mars this season? It's it's gotta be like why wait why spend all this time on it unless they're gonna kill Danny because of it? Then yeah, it's gotta be especially revealed. since in in the world of for all mankind, more and more people are finding out about it. We now know like it. We thought maybe going in this episode it was just Karen and Danny, but we know Jimmy knows about it. We know that Molly and well, at least Molly's husband, but probably Molly knows about it. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's there and like Karen knows that people know it feels like it's eventually, but like, I don't, I don't know what they're setting up. Um, And like, what does that look like? Does Ed after this, uh, after this episode does, uh, or after the last two episodes, does does Ed feel differently about Danny now? Uh, I mean, certainly his feeling on Danny has to have changed a bit. 
like i feel like that was what like that that they had a real moment of understanding and connection and like it doesn't forgive what danny has done but it definitely goes a long way to explaining the kind of unique pressures that he's felt his entire life and i feel like if ed doesn't take that into account uh like would ed would ed beat this kid up now would he turn him into a greasy spot on the carpet Mm -hmm. uh if he found out he fucked karen it seems silly but i don't know so but Ed's a pretty emotional guy, especially around that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Jay Chris from Rhode Island it says, hey, guys, something I noticed in episode six was that Danny cut his hand at the tip of the core sample. He was drilling with aquifer, presumably vaporized. Might we see a dormant Martian microbe from below the surface hitch a ride back to Earth inside Danny's blood? Oh, my God. It's a venom situation. What's do we have? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god a symbiote uh-huh uh well loud noises loud noises is how you defend yourself against that's kelly she's going to be mixing up uh some heavy metal remixes to keep uh the symbiote in check on the yeah. way back is there is there any kind of uh yeah you know that was a one of those blink if you don't miss it i just thought it's like it was setting up um well i mean clearly it's setting up uh a foreshadowing a disaster of danny related to drilling like he hurt himself. Yes, he's a danger definitely. himself. He's a danger to others. That's a lot of some some drilling foreshadowing. But I do, yeah. Do you think there's anything to some kind of contamination here? No, I don't. My my gut says no. But who knows? I feel like you would die if you got a microbe in Mars. You either it would be something that you're immune system would recognize and rapidly beat off or it'd be something in which you have absolutely no defenses against and yeah. it would just ravage you so mm. it's either going to like be so foreign that it can't even replicate inside you or it's just going to take you over yeah so to the extent that he hasn't become taken over by some martian rage zombie <laughs> virus i'm picturing some expanse type stuff <laughs> <laughs> some proto molecule yeah uh-huh. he got infected by the proto molecule he's fucked i've seen <laughs> the expanse all right josh p says larry and pam have described ellen as an unstoppable force they've mentioned everyone who had sacrifice and kept secrets to allow ellen the chance to be president i think larry might be the biggest and maybe last sacrifice to be laid at ellen's altar i think the only play for him is to come clean and admit the fair while also coming out He'll admit he lied to Ellen all those years ago. This should, in turn, garner sympathy for Ellen while also making her appear to be strong in the face of such devastating revelations. Just like Ellen's first trip to the moon, people will sacrifice for her to get there. And just like her stay in the moon, she will be all alone. Yeah, I think Um, that's a a good, plausible... (laughs) I don't know. I use way out here in quotes because... It's not an easy out, right? But it is an out for Ellen, at least. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I could definitely see that happening. It seems like it's always something I've been interested in. Um, I don't know about mid-90s, but lately, every time there is a politician or celebrity involved in a sex scandal, that doesn't involve, like, you know, rape or sexual misconduct. Sure, sure. It just involves cheating you know, um, your your average typical human foibles. I've always wondered what would happen if someone just said, just threw them, just just came clean, and you know, uh, admitted it, and 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 got gone on with it. Um, yeah, I feels like that's the winning strategy. Now, the only thing I don't understand, I don't quite have a handle on, is like in comparison to mid nineties America. 
uh, our mid nineties America, like how more or less homophobic is America of the for all mankind universe? Because we've, we've talked about this in previous podcasts that there's clearly Mm -hmm. um, gender based pressure from the Soviet union to, for equality, there's racial pressure stemming from the Soviet union to, to move the needle on, on racial equality and the space programs kind of be kind of kind of leading that. Um, I don't think there's been a similar pressure when it comes to uh, uh, gay rights. Like, no, you know, the Soviet Union, like, especially with Roland's reaction to knowing about rights. Right. Yeah. Which could be, an, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that's like a stereotypical Russian reaction. I'm just saying that, like, I don't think Russians are any more enlightened when it comes to that than Americans of the era. So, like, there wasn't right. that unique pressure to make mm-hmm. the For All Mankind universe is ahistorically um, uh uh, ahead of the time when it comes to gender con- gender conflict and racial conflict it seems like but mm-hmm. so i that's the only thing is like do do the people do the, do the people feel sorry for her especially since again remember that she's republican mm-hmm. so like maybe democrats would be more likely to overlook stuff like although even in the mid 90s like stuff like gay marriage and stuff was not super popular no. even amongst like self-described democrats but the fact that she's republican I think that's a big problem because that's not exactly on that party's platform. No. In the mid nineties. No, she get a lot of blowback from her own party. Certainly. And like you said, large swaths of the, even the, the more liberal parties, uh, certainly would have a problem with it. Yeah. But I do like the analysis of like, you know, a lot of her art preparing for this, because like you said, you know, she relieved Ed from on the moon and she was going to be the only one there. Um, she is, and of course, now she's got kids, but she is well suited for a life where she has to make sacrifices and be alone to fulfill a mission that she finds important. Yeah. Although that, the more the, the Ellen presidency wears on, the more I wonder, does she just resign? Because she's just seems like she's mired. And not only is she not accomplishing her objectives, but she is start, starting to feel like she's losing things like, you know, NASA autonomy, uh, being able to push her jobs bill and things like that. She's like becoming increasingly not politically effective. Yeah, you're right. Um, I guess the question would be like, who is her, the, the person who, uh, follows her going to be, I mean, obviously she's got a VP, right? So if she were to resign, VP would take over. He didn't seem particularly, willing to fight for her causes so like yeah i don't know that it's a great option for her to resign either (laughs) well the other thing is like um i guess because i'm i'm reading uh uh josh here's email and he's talking about that this you know gets sympathy i guess if larry comes out and ellen stays in the closet Mm mm-hmm then maybe that's a way because she can say, well, I'm blameless and uh, I didn't have anything to do with this and yada, yada, yada. Um, but she's still in the closet. And I wonder if that's going to be the significance of her visit to Pam. The like, well, if Larry, if, if Larry done what Larry did, they can solve that. But like her reaching out to her old lover is going to be something the press is going to uncover in that be. connection. And the, I think and that then was a big like, mistake. Yeah. So then Larry falls on a sword and then it turns out she's lying too. And just, yeah, I mean, well, it also I don't know. puts her in the, the horns of a personal dilemma there too, because like she's going to be pressured to condemn Larry as a gay man. True. Right. And you know, she's inching father her, of her child, by the way. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, there, there would be some pressure there from large factions to say, yes, being gay is wrong. Larry, bad Larry. Um, 
and could she do that? Christ, I, I don't think she could. Yeah. So, you know, Larry coming out wouldn't necessarily solve all her problems. Jake from Alexandria, Virginia, home of The Walking Dead for the mm-hmm. past several seasons. I want to share something I noticed in episode eight, The Sands of Aries, during the scene between Margot and Dev. Isn't the contractor in Rockford, Illinois, that was responsible for the Saturn V Apollo 23 disaster awarded the contract in order to sway a senator during the equal rights movement? I think this was the revelation that Dr. Von Braun shared with Margot that helped her ascend to her position. Surely wow. she would remember this right. Might not be anything more than further connective tissue with the characters, but wanted to get your thoughts. Well, so like, I forgot that that piece of information was what one a card she played to ascend to the top of NASA. Yeah, but I definitely I mean, I think we talked about in the episode, the fact that like she definitely remembered that like the connection here that, Mm -hmm. you know, Dev's father was ruined by this, uh, this, this uh, contractor fuck up. Um, and I thought you definitely saw her eyes flash with recognition. I forgot that it was that important to her character <laughs> that she um, might have had some hand in ruining Dev's father. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of probably probably. I mean, indirectly um, and, and inadvertently, but yeah, it wasn't her fault but, that they uh, fucked up that contract. It's just that they did. It's it's wild that the uh, the way that history, the wheels of history turn. Mm hmm. Uh, Ryan W. sent in a meme. He said, this is how they're going to get back to Phoenix. And he attached a picture of the ridiculous catapult that Ozymandias built to escape his <laughs> yes. uh, uh, prison in on, on HBO's Westworld series. No, so, Watchmen. 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 Yeah. Sorry. What did I say? Westworld. Oh, I said Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Watchmen. Um, they can go with the trebuchet if they need a little bit more power. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Martin, I, I would say if you're trying to Mars get somebody gravity. into Earth orbit, trebuchet is necessary. Mars, yeah, you could get away with the just catapult. just with the catapult, the lesser siege engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for that, Ryan. Our final email of the feedback bag is Will. He says towards the end of the last podcast, you both were discuss- discussing what risk Kelly's pregnancy might bring. The first that came into my mind is the intense radiation that the baby will receive during space travel. One of the problems I've always heard come up in potential Mars or deep space missions is how to protect the astronauts from the long-term exposure to solar radiation. Without Earth's magnetosphere to protect them, astronauts take on a heavy amount of radiation. The developing cells of a fetus are at high risk of becoming cancerous if exposed to radiation, so having a pregnant Kelly on the return trip from Mars would almost certainly result in a miscarriage or stillbirth. I think that's true. The like, more rapid your cells divide, the more increased risk you are for cancer. So like, a developing gotcha. fetus is nothing but yeah. like a mass of rapidly developing cells. So I never thought of it in that terms, but yeah, that seems bad. Mm-hmm. says perhaps the Russians are concerned that Kelly will want or need to stay on Mars to protect her pregnancy and would jeopardize her return trip if additional astronauts decide to stay to support uh, Kelly um, I the thing is is I thought that the Russians were concerned from some sort of political angle the the, the them wanting to get yeah. the commanders and the Kremlin involved before they even tell the mother implies that there was some kind of like I said, geopolitics angle that I haven't considered because if it's just 
Well, I guess they never said that. They just said this is no. a risky thing. There's a lot of risk here and we need to talk to Moscow. We need to talk to. Yeah, I guess I just didn't see the Russian astronauts being concerned at all with the health of the Helios people. But but it's the, the child guess. of one of their fellow cosmonauts. I mean, it could just be a human concern. And yeah, we just yeah, see, we see the, the, the Russians as nefarious, you know, just in yes, everything. No, they it's do. my bias, certainly in my in my viewing. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, running things up the chain of command, as we heard by, from Danielle Poole, that's just a thing you do in uh, military institutions. So that's not a new, you're like, you know, what are you going to do? Sure. Just. <sighs> yeah. yeah I wonder what know. they were going to do before. Like, were they going to just like if Moscow said, like, OK, here's the deal. Just abort that baby. Yeah. They did. They, they slip some some plan B in her tang and. Mm-hmm. Let nature take its course. I don't think that's accurate. You'd have to do some other kind of uh, hormonal pill. But yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like it's a little bit more shadowy and darker, but that just might be because I'm biased against Soviets because I grew yes. up in the 80s. Well, and, where I, they and were, I'm living in 2022 where the Russians true. are perpetuating yeah, also some of the bad. nefarious on yeah. the, the world stage. And America never has done that. I like living in a country where we only ones Mm -hmm. with our clean noses, (laughs) so to speak, from a foreign policy standpoint, never fucked around, never found out. Uh, Yeah, I I have not broken a window of this glass house yet, and I don't plan to. So I'm going to keep throwing those stones. (laughs) Will says, uh, closes his email. P.S. One proposed solution is radiation problems to cover the exterior of the ship or one area of the ship in a membrane of water because it blocks out a lot of radiation. Mm hmm. Maybe the crew can create a radiation safe zone for Kelly. I don't Just know about a, bath, a membrane. A I don't know about a membrane because I've heard it's like a meter of water. And mm-hmm. what I've heard is like in the Zubrin that I keep on referring to the Robert Zubrin's case for Mars. He proposed that there's a large central water tank where the crew's water will be and that that will be in like some kind of donut shape. Um, and there would be a space in the middle just big enough for the crew to stand and huddle. And like if there was a coronal mass ejection or whatever, you could orientate the ship to put the most water between the crew and the radiation source. And they could kind of hunker down in that bunker for yeah. the duration um, because you bunker. do need a like you it. do need a lot of you need like a, a meter of water to equal like uh, a quarter inch of lead. The other thing I've heard is for on Mars, because Mars lacks a magnetosphere, too, as you pointed out, is that the regolith. You just pile like mm-hmm. a meter or two of dirt, but that does a pretty good job. So I think imagine that like if you got these colonies going, that they would all essentially be kind of underground. Yeah, put them in the uh, lava eventually. tubes. Eventually, just sink down they, to the lava tubes. They've already done it. Dan, Danny and Ed had the right idea. They just yep. forgot to put a door. You know, <laughs> right? But yeah, Re-bury become lava tube one. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> become lava tube people yes uh thanks for that appreciate the scientific perspective there on the pregnancy will and that will do it for our feedback for this week again uh fam at baldmove.com is where you want to send feedback uh for consideration on the show i don't know if we'll have another episode before we get to the finale uh, another feedback episode rather but we certainly will have a se- season wrap-up Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the season three where we can kind of consider everything that'll do it again thanks for everybody's feedback fam at boldmove.com if you want to add to our feedback for the next one and until the next time i'm your host aaron and i'm jim bye bob